Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. And thanks so much for joining me. Also, I want to wish you a happy World Mental Health Day. Even though I am one day late, I usually release my episodes on Thursdays. That didn't happen this week because, frankly, I and ironically, I was I've had pretty intense anxiety this week. It's been a little debilitating. And yesterday I was, I I was, you know how like when you kind of get that anxiety where it's like you are just, you're not able to really function and the things that you need to get done, like they're not even really registering. You're just kind of like, I, it's like, it's beyond the point of, I can't do it. It's just like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. That was kind of where I was at. And I uh, had a conversation with my daughter about it because she wanted to know what was going on because she obviously knew that things weren't normal for me or like I wasn't um, I wasn't my usual self. And we had an incredible conversation where she encouraged me and she was really normal about it. And that was so cool even though I was sitting on the couch feeling nauseous and had a headache, I was still able to feel so happy about the fact that my daughter is awesome, that all of my kids are awesome and that they can just talk about this kind of stuff. And it's so natural. She was so just comfortable and natural talking about anxiety and the, the intense anxiety I was having. So that was really cool. And I would say it was very helpful to me. Um, but I am still in a place where I'm like today, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like just more tense and kind of looking at some of the things that I have to do and being like, no, I, I can't do that. And it was just kind of, it's just kind of like, uh, it's, I'm paralyzed. I'm trying to kind of sort through it. Um, I've been working through, actually I have, uh, two therapists, I could say, that I'm seeing. Um, One is Verity Vale. She's a hypnotherapist and she's amazing, amazing. And you need to check her out. Verity Vale. You got to check her out. Hypnotherapy. And uh, another, um, another therapy that I'm going to is Tranquility Online. They're cognitive behavioral therapy. And I am also, I have a coach. It's Joel. Again, amazing, so helpful. And one thing that Joel and I were discussing as I was going through their, um, courses, like you kind of have like sessions that you have where you learn different things about anxiety. And then gradually, as you start to identify some of your triggers, then you are, you start to learn how to deal with them. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm still like, I'm working on identifying my triggers and what actually causes me to, to think and like where my thoughts are going. And one of the things that Joel let me know was that it is natural for anxiety to be heightened during this time, but then, which, which totally makes sense. Like, I mean, any other study that I look at or that I've heard about when it comes to mental health issues, um, and many issues, it's just like, it gets worse and then it gets a lot better. So right now I'm in the the point where it is worse. So I'm feeling much more anxious and it's, um, 
yeah, it's, it is a bit debilitating. Um, but it's also interesting because I get to think about what is actually causing that anxiety and, I get to like try to identify what types of anxiety it is and what I'm really doing. Uh, like um, there are just kind of different terms that you use, like all or nothing kind of anxiety. So it's just kind of like, and I do that a lot where I think, well, I have to, um, I have to clean the house and I'm like, I have to clean the entire house. So I have to clean all the bathrooms. I have to put away all the laundry. I have to do all this. And if I can't get it all done today, then there's no point in even starting. <laughs> so, which is obviously not a healthy way of looking at it. And it prevents me from getting things done that need to be done. So um, I'm working on trying to break things down and celebrate the little victories. And uh, it worked for me last week. I did eventually kind of break through. This week, I just, I just haven't really been able to get there as much. Um, but I, but that's okay. I can, um, I still have the rest of today. I have this weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm really looking forward to spending time with family and friends and having that extra time with the kids, having Turkey. Oh, for goodness sake. I love Turkey. It's going to be good. I'm just, um, making my way through each moment. And, uh, you know, it's still been, um, it still has been a somewhat productive week. I've had meetings that I've gone to and, um, and they were really awesome meetings. So it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) So I'm, I'm telling you that, but I'm also trying to convince myself of that. And I know that it is going to be okay. And I think that a big part of it is just being able to look in the future and just kind of know that it will be okay, that I'm just like making my way through this one part and it's necessary and that it's ultimately a really healthy process. So I got to sit down with Sarah from Intoxicated. You may have heard about that podcast. I actually got to go on her podcast earlier this year and she's so easy to talk to and she's hilarious. She makes me laugh. I think that she's like, and she's really quick and witty. I think that she has such a, uh, easy way to identify what's just kind of funny. And like, she, uh, as you can tell right now, I'm not super quick sometimes when it comes to trying to choose the words to communicate what I'm thinking, but she just doesn't really seem to have that issue. It's like, she's just like, bam, I'm on it, can very quickly and effectively communicate what she's thinking and is so funny and also very real, like very genuine and real. And so while her, her podcast is more of a, a comedy podcast, it's, um, it's, it's amazing how she brings in vulnerability as well. So, you know, she's making you have a chuckle while also making a true connection with you. And so I thought that that's just perfect for her on to be on my podcast, because I mean, ultimately I think her and I are kind of going at the same thing. Like we want to make that connection with people and help them know that they're not alone. And I think, uh, I just think she's just an incredible person. Like I really enjoy being around her. So it was really fun having her on the podcast. We went longer than we, than podcasts usually do than my podcasts usually go, but I think that it's totally worth it. It's great conversation. And, um, honestly, I just kind of wasn't paying enough attention to the time and 
sometimes you got to do that. Just kind of get, let yourself get swept up in something and enjoy the conversation. So that's what I did. It was really awesome. All of you are going to enjoy it. I know it. <laughs> and you need to, to email me and send me messages on Instagram. Those are really the, the primary ways that I get messages, honestly. Um, and just let me know what you're thinking. Like, I want to be able to know that I am having these connections with you. I have been getting some messages and it makes my day. It really makes my day when I get these messages because I know that I'm actually, um, as, as Sarah and I actually address in this podcast, we know that we're not actually just speaking out into the void. We're actually making these connections with people and I, it's encouraging, more encouraging than you perhaps realize. So do that. And also please, uh, if you're looking for ways to help me out, um, if you can like rate the podcast and review it and subscribe to it, it makes it so that iTunes recognizes my podcast. <laughs> and if you can tell friends about it, <laughs> that would be, that is really helpful. And so far, all of you like who have been leaving reviews and been rating the podcast and subscribing, thank you. You really like deeply and genuinely, I want to thank you because you're just making this even more enjoyable. You're making it possible. So that's that. I'm going to let us get to the podcast. Enjoy. can understand that because I'm kind of nitty gritty and that <laughs> like because that's the thing like when I listen to your podcast I'm like you are so well-spoken you sound like you have everything together all your thoughts are like what? organized and like see this is the, the madness of podcasting yeah because you see one thing and you hear one thing and there's so much going on behind the scenes that you just don't know about yeah and so many insecurities oh yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like it's I've I crazy I yes yeah. And it's funny that you see that I actually have all my thoughts together because I totally don't. Mm. I um me neither. I did an intro the other day to a podcast and I I redid it. I I redid it what four times or something oh. like that because it was just like I listened back and I was like I sound like an idiot. And then eventually <laughs> and then eventually it gets to a point where I'm just like I finish it and then I'm just like no, I can't just keep doing this. I'm always going to have a problem with it, so I just give it to Sean and I'm just kind of like I talked I'm pretty sure it's fine. Just oh, <laughs> my God. Intros are so much harder than people think. Yeah. They truly are, especially if you are someone, because you and I have a similar format, where, like, you usually do an intro, right? And then you have your interview segment. Yeah. Same with me. Yeah. So, like, you're probably, you probably feel more natural in the interview. Right. But yeah. then you have to sit down and, like, do your intro, and you're like, this is so forced, and I hate this. Yeah. It's like, I'm just talking to myself in, in this room. Yeah. But... Yeah, so then I, I try you. to like think about. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to think about like the people that are listening. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm talking to them, so I'm not talking about myself. But yeah, I get <sighs> so annoyed with the way that my voice goes too. Yep, same. Oh my gosh. And you know, like I incorporated. You were my first video episode. Yeah. So like, That's so cool. Which is so funny because I'm like, I gotta have you back because it's gotten a lot better now, and it was pretty crappy when you. <laughs> 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 um, but it's weird. 
incorporating video because that adds a whole other level of self-criticism where you're like, how do I look when I talk? Yes. Like it's oh, not just about sounding hard. now. It's like, how do I, this is how I look? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There is, I remember the first time I watched myself talk and I'm just like, do I really look like that stupid? Right? Like, like there's like, what's going on in my brain? I don't know. <sighs> Can't tell from my face. Because it's like there's nothing happening there. We're our own worst critics. Yeah. It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. And your friends don't care. No. They don't, they don't notice those things. Not at all. And like, I mean, I'm trying to think back to people that I've spoken to that I was like, you're annoying to talk to. And yeah. it, they are out there. Yeah. But they're surprisingly few. Yeah. And so the chances of me being one of those people, very slim. Very slim. Truly, it's about creating an environment for people that feel comfortable. And once people are comfortable, they'll yeah, they'll talk the way they want to, you know? So. Yeah, they'll talk like themselves, which is actually the, which is not annoying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Podcasting is so fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say that like yeah. unenergetically. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. So you have intoxicated podcasts. I do. It's my and baby. And you're kicking... All kinds of ass. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Um, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. But. Yeah. And it's it's funny that you say that because we went to an event recently and you were there. Uh, it was a little podcaster meetup. Yeah. And I heard someone say the same thing to you. And you said, I guess I am. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I identify <laughs> with that so much because it's so, with podcasts, it's tricky to tell sometimes. It is. If you are kicking ass. Um, and. For me, it's just always been like I've had to constantly change how I view success. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you feel me? Yes. I totally do. Because in my head before, it was like, no, it's only success if you get really famous. <laughs> like Sick really boy well status. Known. Yeah. Exactly. Sick boy Sick movement. Boy yeah. Which they're amazing. And amazing. they've done something so great. Absolutely, yeah. That's very rare in podcasts. Like, yeah. usually it's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's so many is the thing. And so, like, when you see these big, successful podcasts, what people don't realize is that's only, like, probably, like, maybe 10% of the podcasts that exist in the world. Yes. So, yeah. like, we're all, and I think, like, I mean, you can look at numbers and stuff, and I don't know about you, but, like, numbers are tricky because... You know, what's behind those numbers? Like, yeah. I know that people in the States listen to my podcast, but I've never heard from any of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you know, and I like, know, like, people, like, over in, like, Europe and, like, someone in Australia. Right? Which, hey, if you're listening, <gasps> sweet. Shout out Australia. Yeah, seriously. Thank you. I'd love to go sometime. And, like, message me, please. Yeah. Like, all of you people who are not in Canada, send me a message. I want to know that you're actually out there. That would be cool. Message Ruth. Tell her how good she's doing. <laughs> if yeah, you like okay. an episode, message the podcaster. And yeah. say that you liked it. Yeah. It's so important. It's so important because we just, we just don't know. We just don't know. And yeah. like really, truly, it's, it's, you're talking into a void. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's Wh- like. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Where's this going? Yeah. There's a, there's like a 90s there. movie called Pump Up the Volume. Okay. I haven't seen that. With Christian Slater. Okay. And it's about a pirate, ra- like he starts a pirate radio show in his basement, I think is what it is. Yeah. And. It's just about that, him ranting into a mic, and it just goes out into the airwaves, and then people start to hear it. And truly, like, I, I anyone who's in podcasting, I suggest to watch that movie. Okay. Because it's about essentially just doing that. Oh, did it stop? Yep. 
You made a face that I was like, I've made this face before. Yeah. Did it stop? (laughs) No, sorry. Misleading. I'm just grabbing my pen because I want to write it down. Yeah. Pump up up the volume. Pump up the volume. It's an older movie. Okay. But it's like a kind of like a cult classic, I think. Yes. I love that stuff. Um, but like his whole thing, and I can't remember the exact quote. This is what I meant to do before coming here. I meant to write down quotes that I thought would be relevant, but I'll probably just paraphrase. But cool. it's about talking hard. So say exactly what you want to say and just put it out there. And that's podcasting. That is something that has been on my mind more recently. Yeah. Because I, I'm very... Like, I filter myself when I'm talking. Do you really? Oh, yeah. But I feel like you're getting better at not filtering yourself. That's something I'm really working on. Yeah. Because yeah. because you miss out on all the authenticity when uh-huh. you're filtering yourself. Uh-huh. Someone, I have people comment to me, like, especially in the past. I don't know. I can't think of it happening recently. But they're just like, you talk like a politician. Like, when I they've asked me certain questions and I answer it, they're just like, that's like a politician answer. Right. And it's just kind of like, well, that's not good. Because like sometimes when I'm answering something, like, and I'm sorry, you politicians, but seriously, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude. Um, Lighten up. <laughs> right? Like just tell us what you actually think. And that's something that I actually really struggle with because I'm so afraid of offending people. I don't want to like, and I don't want to, and honestly, another thing that I think of is like, I'm thinking about my family that's sitting here, like listening. I'm just like, don't, right. don't disown me. Like, love me, please. Yeah. Please accept what I'm doing. And I'm afraid of making them disappointed in me. I'm afraid of making right. these people that I look up to dis- feel disappointed in me. Oh, because like, that. Right? Because it's yeah. just like, what if I say what I actually think? And then they're like, you actually think that? Yeah. Like, that's a problem. And that's, it's nerve-wracking on a, a platform like podcasting because, I mean, you're, like, what, 50 episodes in? 50 yeah. around there? Yeah, Um, Like, I'm 133 yeah. in, and, like, I still press publish, and I go, oh, I hope no one doesn't like what I said there, or, mm-hmm. you know, and you, it, it gets easier with time, I think. Okay. It does. I'm like... With podcasting, it's like, this is conversational. Like, you're with a friend. You're with someone you know. Yeah. You're with someone you trust. Yeah. Like, I feel like with you, you do have an amazing public speaking presence. Because you've done, you've done, like, you know, the, the social network events and, yeah. and all that. Thank you. So you're experienced in talking a little more organized. Because you have to in a public setting. Right. With podcasting, it's like, we just got to let go and... Yeah, and just kind of... And just talk. Yeah, and fuddle through it. And fuddle through it, yeah. Yeah. And then another thing I was thinking about is like, okay, so Jordan Peterson, mm. well-known. He's making a huge influence. Some And people love him or hate him. Interesting. And it makes me think like, yeah, that makes sense. And that's how you are truly going to be effective because you're going to either truly speak to someone uh-huh. or you're going to say something that someone is so opposed to that they will hate you. Right. And such a risk. Right? It's yeah. such a risk, but that's the only way, like, those are the only things that are actually going to get through to people. Exactly. Like, actually make it a difference. And yep. I just, I'm still in the stage where I'm, like, still just playing it a little too safe. Screw it. Don't you play know? it safe. Uh, right? Like, I've got, so I'm working on trying to push myself a little bit more and be like, don't just, don't play it so safe. Because yeah. you don't, you don't get anywhere when you play it safe. You don't. No, you truly don't. You arrive at the end of your life and you're like, oh, I'm safe. But it's also vulnerability. I mean, you and I have similar podcasts in that they are personal podcasts. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, and vulnerability is scary. It's not a lot of people do it. Yeah. Yes. And that's what makes people scary when Mm -hmm. you're not vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And then you feel scared and then you are vulnerable. And then, and then all of a sudden that makes you kind of scary, but relatable. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's strange how we're just kind of naturally scared of other people. Oh yeah. Pretty terrified. Yeah. Like it's just like, but you have, you have your own mind and you think (laughs) judgmental thoughts maybe about me. (laughs) It's scary. But how awesome is it when you get a comment from someone who's like, what you said really hit me and I really relate to it. And thank you for saying that. Yes. Like like, the reward is so much bigger than those like awkward moments where you feel awkward. When, yeah. When you just kind of feel awkward and you say something. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I actually had somebody say to me, um, that when they were listening to one of my podcasts, something that somebody was talking about hit so close to home that like they were driving when they heard it and they had to pull over. (gasps) Yeah. 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 And that was just like, there you go. Seriously? See, and that's what you did by being vulnerable. Yeah. And letting your guard down on your show. And I mean, it takes, it takes time. Like when you start a podcast, you're, you know, it takes a while to get comfortable. Yeah. You got to figure out what you want the tone of your show to be and what you want to talk about and what you don't want to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm, still, I'm still figuring it. Like, I, oh, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Me, me too. Okay. I mean, I'm so, a, I'm a, it's, it, it, you're, it's always going to be a little bit of an insecurity, I think, for anyone who does it. Mm. It's kind of like a performer. Like when, you know, you hear of like big time performers getting stage fright still. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea, right? Like if it didn't scare us sense. a little bit. It's the healthy amount of anxiety that yes. you need to perform. Yeah. Because you care about it. Because that's what it really, at the end of the day, that means that you care about your show. And you care yes. about your audience. Yeah. If you were just someone who didn't care and just ranted on a mic and just put it out there and didn't really put effort into like... In, trying to engage with your audience, um, then you just don't care. And it's, like, that's not us. We care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people can pick up on that when you just don't care. Yes. Like that's something, you're not going to get that by anyone. People it's pick true. up on that pretty fast. It's true. I have a couple people that I've encountered in my life where it was like, I tend to like to think that people are just like uh, at their core good. Yeah. I think I need to readjust that. Interesting. Because there have been just a couple instances, a few instances, a few too many, where I've thought about a person, no, you are primarily good. So these things that you're doing right now are not, um, are incredibly hurtful. Right. And you are hurting me right now. Yeah. But there's something good in you, so I'm going to just put up with this. <sighs> and then, like, eventually, like, you get this very rude awakening, like, where you're just kind of like, oh, no, you're just no, bad. You're just, yeah, like you're just kind of mean and like yeah. not healthy for me. And I just really need to not hang out with you anymore. Yeah. And, but see, then here's the other part of that. So, like, if you try to label a person as good or bad, uh-huh. it's kind of like, well, yeah, but they're going to have their point of view too. And maybe the reason why they're behaving in such a calloused way towards you is because they're trying to protect something that's very vulnerable in themselves. Yes. So it's kind of like to do with their story. And so maybe it's not that people are good, bad, or dangerous, not dangerous. It's maybe more like people are healthy for you or unhealthy for you. Or they haven't figured out themselves yet. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I think that that's a huge thing. Because how many girlfriends do you have or have had that have said things like, just get rid of that person or just get rid of that guy. Yeah. Just dump him. Yeah. Just cut it off. Yeah. And it's like, for people like us, that's hard. Yes. Because we do care. We do want them to be good. Yes. But you're right. It is about being like, well, this just isn't the right combination right now. Yeah. Right I mean, now, we are not, we're the perfect storm. We're not 
Yeah, we're just not. We got to take some space. Mm-hmm. And like everyone just needs to be more self-aware. Yes. That's my huge thing that I advocate for is is like owning your insecurities, owning your whatever, you know, depression. We all, we're all walking around with it. We're all walking around with a bunch of problems. Yes. And we're just trying to make our way in the world. Like literally everyone, even the most put together person you know of. Yeah. Has so many issues. Yes. Yeah. I've been able to have conversations with people that I would view as like, oh my gosh, that's the status that I would could only dream of having. Yeah. Like you have this put together, you've got it figured out. And then I talk to them and then it turns out, no, no, <laughs> nope, not at all. No, nope, they're just as clueless <laughs> as the rest of us. But the other thing, like, of course, they're going to have pieces of advice that right. are going to be so like gold to me. Yeah. But they have that same feeling of cluelessness. That exactly. I do. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. People are crazy. People, yeah. <laughs> yes. Not in, not in the not in the negative sense of crazy, but we're all complicated. I guess is what I'm trying to say. We're all really complex. complicated, yeah. complex, and yeah. it's something that just like you you can't go and try to have relationships with people without actually acknowledging that they are just so complex. There are going to be parts of them that you are not going to be able to interpret. So true. And you need to assess it for what, how it interacts with you. Yeah. And then decide if that's something. That's exactly it. You nailed it. And and two, it's like, what was the example I was literally just thinking of? I think it's, you can still see people as complex, but like when they do something bad to you, it's so easy for us to fall into the, they hurt me and woe is me. But if you know more about them and their issues and their problems and their past, you can start to say, well, they did that because of this. It's not an excuse, but it's a reason why they're acting the way they are. Yeah. And it helps create compassion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I look at even the simplest people in my life and I'm like, okay, you felt you had to prove yourself from a young age. You were picked on all like, like I, I literally just start in my head listing off those reasons. And then that helps me not fall into the victim, the victim me yeah. role, which is, it's hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do, but you, you, right. Like you can't be a victim and I've spent so much of my life being the victim. Same. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Absolutely. Let's yeah. Talk. Let's talk about that. Oof. Oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> Where do we even begin? I know. And you must be so like when you sit down with a guest, it might just it must just be hard to be like, okay, where is the starting point here? <laughs> like, like where does this <laughs> all these issues go. begin? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's like this rabbit hole. Yeah. Do you find that when you talk about the times when you felt like a victim? Do you feel like ashamed? Yeah. I totally feel ashamed. Well, I think I think that goes with, um, there's this phrase, vulnerability ha- uh, hangover. Yes. You know, like if you're someone who puts yourself out there as a vulnerable person saying, here are my issues, like I'm depressed and I have anxiety and, and all these things, I'm constantly just hearing what other people are saying about me in my own head. So as soon as I press publish, it's... Sh- they they probably think I'm looking for attention. Mm. They probably think that I'm faking this for attention. Mm. They probably think that I'm being overdramatic or that I'm overthinking or that I'm overreacting. Yeah. And not to make this about gender at all, but I do think it's a little more on women. I agree. 
to have that sort of criticism about yourself, yeah. it's hard. And I still don't have it figured out. No. I still get it. Um, but also, like, you know, I'm 32, so I've kind of stopped caring. <laughs> That's one of the beautiful things about age, right? Right? Yeah. It's just kind of like, this is who I am and this is my life. Yeah, and like, and I can't change this, I can't, so I'm just going to... Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and I, I posted a meme of... I memed myself recently. Awesome. In front of a pile of McDonald's. No, I totally saw that and I loved it <laughs> yeah. so much. Right? And yeah. so that's just me in a nutshell. Like I tend to just put it out there and I kind of use humor to put it out there. Yeah. Um, but I do still get that fear that people are judging me or like their narrative of me is that I'm just this sad chick who's like such a mess. And right. that's not who I always want to be. No. And I want to be an organized mess. You know, like, I, yeah, because it, that, and, oh, I love that. Yeah, organized mess. An organized mess. A mess, like, because we're all messes. Yeah. It's just some of us admit it and some of us don't. Yeah. I admit it. Yeah, I admit it too. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. it's just easier to admit it because then, you know, at least then you're like saying, okay, yeah, I know. I know that I am. Yeah. Yes. What, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. I love, I, yeah. <laughs> if someone's going to criticize you, you're just kind of like, you, yeah. 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 Got it. <laughs> Done the self work. I understand. Yeah. Like doing my best. Yeah. That's the other thing. Saying that you're doing your best. Yes. That's something I've been using a lot lately uh-huh. when I start to feel overwhelmed by those thoughts. Yeah. By those like overwhelming like, oh my God, people just people think I'm this and people think I'm that. And I'm like, Sarah, you're doing your best. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone comes at you, just say, I'm doing my best. Yeah. It's like people think that someone who's in the public eye suddenly has this immunity. Yeah. And I think that there are people that um, obviously develop a thick skin yeah. and are able to handle the criticism better than they would have been able to at the beginning. Right. But it's not, but no one's immune. Like we're, we're no one, like no one's immune. You're going to say these mean things and that person might read it and it's going to hurt. Yeah. Like, and and so it's kind of like when you're le- leaving that comment, you're thinking that you're like kind of taking a swipe at this giant, uh, indestructible being. Yep. That's impenetrable. Like yeah. they're, they just don't, they'll be strong. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just, just, I mean, I haven't talked to too many people who are up there, Yeah, but I've talked to one person who is. Yeah. And like, he's definitely said that like, it's. You, when you hear those things, it will affect you. Yeah. But he's now at the point where he's able to just kind of be like, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. No and one's going to like you. Going. Yeah. Like, not everybody's going to like me. Not um, everybody is for everybody. Yeah. Not everybody's for everybody. And it's like kind of just starting to accept that and then and then not letting it stand in the way of you doing what you were on this so planet to do. True. So true. Yeah. And that's tough to get to. It's really really tough to get to yeah finding like a community like finding people who get you and understand you yeah and appreciate what you do yeah that's hard that's yeah. not always get just given to you no you need to work for it yeah yeah you need it's to go tricky. searching and find it and yeah like and um sometimes you find a community that you're like this is these are definitely like my the people that I need to have in my life and, yeah and then all of a sudden you get to a point where you're like oh you know what I've changed yeah or you've changed, or something has changed, and this is just not working anymore. And then you have and to lose really your community. Tricky. And that's so hard. It's heartbreaking. Have you ever gone through friend breakups? Yes. 
And they're so heartbreaking, right? Yes. They're almost worse than relationship breakups. They, uh, Yeah, because it's like this person, like, they have these, like, I guess maybe it's because people talk more about uh, romantic relationship yeah. breakups. Yeah. But not so much about friendship breakups, so it doesn't feel as natural. Maybe. And I think it's much more intense with females. I think that you're right. Because us as females, we have a bond. Like, we go through so much crap <laughs> as mm. women. <laughs> Amen. That we bond over stuff like that. Like we bond over, you know, like what our body goes through and, you know, sexism and, yeah, you know, issues in feminism and all this. And and so the I, I feel like the bonds are a lot stronger. Yeah, because it's like you're two warriors that are yes. fighting together. Yeah. yeah. And it's tricky when, like, you know, like I've had friend breakups recently where I'm like, this really sucks, but like it has to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because... Even if you've known someone for a long time, like in this case, it was somebody that I've known since, you know, grade seven or something. Oh. Um, and that's a long friendship. Yeah, that's a long time. I'm 32 now. Like we're, yeah. we're in our 30s and it's just kind of like I've changed and I've evolved, you know, through, through starting the podcast. And in the last, I would say, two or three years, like I've found kind of the sort of the direction where I want to go. I still don't know what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> specifically, but kind but of the direction found, that I want to go in. Yeah, and I've your passion. Exactly. Yeah. I've become more confident because of it. I speak out a little more and I shouldn't have to explain myself no. to friends that have known me that long. Like yeah. if you're not growing as well, or if you can't accept that I've grown and you're still judging me based on who I used to be. Oof. Yeah. This ain't gonna work. And like maybe we can be on good terms sometime, but I'm gonna keep around the people that like understand me. Yeah. Where I don't have to explain myself or yeah. why I'm doing a thing or why I'm saying a thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's hard though. It's so hard. And it's when you finally encounter a person that actually gets you. Yeah. You're just kind of like. You exist? You exist? What the heck is this? Yeah. 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 And I slowly have been finding that. I, I've always struggled with loneliness. Yeah. Me too. Like big time loneliness. Okay. Let's, yeah. Okay. We can dive into that. Like, I mean, I've been single for nine years, yeah. um, which, so it is actual literal loneliness in the sense that I am physically alone. Like, yeah. Okay. Every day, you know, like I live alone. I used to have roommates and I often think about going back to that because I'm like maybe that would help in some ways like having a having a constant person there but um but I've also struggled with like emotional loneliness like just feeling like and there's a Robin Williams quote that talks about loneliness and is like true lonely lonely I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quote here yeah. but it's like true loneliness is feeling like what you think is important doesn't matter to other people <gasps> oh it's whoa, not so much that's... the physical like single or like yeah it's the feeling like no one gets you and that's how you can be lonely. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> that just blew my mind. I wish I could find, I see if I can find like the actual quote, but it's something along those lines. That and that's is, why people feel lonely when they're in a crowd of people. That right? totally, totally makes sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You, loneliness is tough. Loneliness is tough. And you just saying that totally just put together so many things for, for me in my head, it was like all of a sudden like, oh, that's why I felt the way that I felt in this situation. You feel understood. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard. It totally, okay. 
Okay, I'm gonna. Go, I just blew I'm gonna her go, mind. Yeah, you blew my mind, and I'm gonna go back. This is something that I've talked about on my, this podcast before, but I'm gonna go back there because I just feel the need to do that. Yes, do it. So my ex boyfriend. Yes. Um. What? Oh yeah, I talked about it on your podcast. Yes, too. yes, you did. Okay, so that totally just like. Um, Oh, did you find the... I did. There? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll read it yep. just because I don't want to misquote the amazing Robin Williams. Yes. The late and great. Mm. Uh, I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up all alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people that make you feel all alone. Yeah, I've had so many people like that in my life and it got to a point like I didn't really make close friends in school because because my friends made me feel alone. Yeah. And then I got um, into this relationship with this guy who criticized everything that I said and he made me feel alone. And it was so like it blew my mind when I met Sean because he actually cared about what I had to say. Yeah. What's and, that like? Right? I know. It's amazing. I know. It's amazing. I know. And it was like, it was like, he actually thought that the things that I said were important, like the things right. that I cared about were important, and I didn't have to explain myself. Isn't I, that the best feeling ever? Oh, When you don't gosh. have to explain. Like, I have, yeah, like, there's a friend in my life who, like, I, when I'm really, really depressed and sad and just feeling terrible, yeah. I can't fake it, and he's like, you don't have to fake anything with me. You can be sad and angry and miserable with me. And it's a great feeling to just not have to worry about being a certain way. Yeah. With somebody. It's like a security. It's a security. It's like you, you are, once you are in the presence of that person, it's like, do you find that when you're in that, the presence of that person too, all the feelings that you didn't even realize that you had all of a sudden come out and you're just like, I'm actually really sad right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when your mom whatever. asks if you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even that close with my mom, but if she was ever like, are you okay? I would just, ah. yeah. Like, yeah, just start bawling. Or like in a therapy session when you sit down and then they're like, so what's bothering you? And you're oh like, my gosh. Ah. And then you're just like, okay, yeah, here we go. Floodgates are open. But it's, yeah. it's great to have people. And really, truly, you got to surround yourself with those people. Yes. Yes. You actually have you to surround yourself with people who care about your well-being. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Who Absolutely. Yeah, who aren't just using you as a way to have fun. Ooh, <laughs> that's a big one. That's a big one. That's a huge one. Do you feel like your uh, like podcast public persona, do you feel like sometimes it's a struggle to maintain? Yes. Yeah, for that reason? Yes. Because we're both be- we're, we're, both of us aren't being inauthentic at all. And mm. the content we put out, it's, but it is still performative. It's, it's in a way it's automatic. Once you hit record, like yeah. you're going to be presenting something yeah. that's worth listening to. Yeah. So there's going to be extra effort put in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're, yeah. So you feel the pressure to kind of be on all the time. Yes. Sometimes you don't want to be like, I'm someone who people see as an extrovert and very energetic and bubbly and. I'm not always that. No. And when okay. and so when I'm not that, yeah. People are like, well, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Yeah. So you gotta find people who can roll with both sides. Yeah. Yes. You know? 
I find that like I will wonder a lot when I'm having a conversation with someone who has heard the podcast or kind yeah. of knows of, of me through the Halifax social network that they're expecting to have like a really interesting conversation with me. And I'm just kind of like, I got nothing. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love that so much because with your content specifically, it's so deep. Like with me, like I kind of sit down and it can go either way with me. But with you, mm. it's this is the subject of depression and all that is a not an easy one to talk about all the time. No. And it, you're just taking it in like a sponge. <laughs> and that must be t- that, like hard. Sometimes, you know, I, I have discovered that I do have a limit. Yeah. I think that it's a, I think I have a higher threshold for that stuff. Than, than a lot of people? I think so. Yeah. What makes me think that is actually my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was like that Ooh. and she could just sit down. It didn't matter who she was with. She could sit down with anyone and all of a sudden they would just be telling her <sighs> unloading yeah. everything. Yeah. Unloading. And she never minded. Oops. She never really minded. She was just kind of like, well, it, like it's nothing to me. And if it helps them, then that's great. Right. And I think that I've picked up that mentality from her. I love that. I love it. What's your sign? Scorpio. <laughs> Scorpio. <laughs> so I think that's water. Is that water? No. Scorpio. I don't, I don't know, but the Scorpios are more emotional. So that makes sense. It makes sense that like people would like that you're down with emotion and you can, you can deal with it because oh. you probably are an emotional person. I am such an emotional yeah, person. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. I like sometimes <laughs> it's funny because sometimes I can kind of turn it off. But it's yeah. only it's only because I need to protect myself now. Yes. Because I've gotten too emotional. Oh. <laughs> now you're blowing my mind because that's, yeah, I you know it's like a defense mechanism in a yeah. way. Because yeah. you're like, I've been emotional before and it's gone this way, so yeah. I need to rein it back. I need, yeah. I hate the idea of reining back who you are. Yes. I hate that. Yes. It's, you're creating your own prison when you do that. Oh boy. Yeah. That, yeah. that's creating your own prison. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've, I did that so badly for years and years. Same. Yeah. And I'm only now starting to, like, within the past three years, probably, I've started to, like, break out. Break, you're bailing yourself out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Good for you. Well, I think, I think being vulnerable, like, it, it's, it's truly scary. And anyone who does it should be proud of themselves for even doing it. Yes. Yes, because the other thing about being vulnerable is that you never know who else is really going to affect. Yeah. And, and that stuff is the stuff that's really going to affect somebody else. 100%. 100%. It's how we're going to connect as people. That's how you connect. Yeah, because like, like you said, like you talk to people who you see as, ooh, like you're so successful. And it's like at the end of the day, we all have problems. This is what bonds us as people. That's why I love podcasts about Talking about problems. Right? Like, I like podcasts that turn into therapy sessions because, number one, therapy is really pricey and not everyone can have it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, I wish I could be in therapy every week, but, oof, pricey. Yeah, it gets pricey. You Have you heard of Tranquility Online? Yes, I sure have. Jo- uh, Joel. Joel. Yeah, I know Joel. He's awesome. He's so great. And I'm doing the Tranquility Online. How are you finding that? I'm, I've just gotten started, so I've done the first session. Yeah. Love it. Really? It put together so many things that I just, like, didn't understand about anxiety. Oh, man. Like, like. Ugh. Like, as it turns out, I'm, I do have anxiety more than I actually thought. There are certain feelings that I've had that I was like, yeah, that's normal. That's what people feel. 
Right. And then it's just like, no, actually, that's anxiety and you can fix it. <laughs> is so your anxiety, because like, oh. my anxiety is such big scale anxiety. Yeah. That like, I know so many people who, who, who deal with anxiety and it's way more small scale, like everyday social anxiety. I'm like a c- catastrophic thinker. Is, <laughs> that's the word for it. It's like catastrophic thinking. Okay. It's an actual term. It's, it's like, term. Okay. You th- you're constantly thinking of worst case scenarios. Okay. That's, um, I don't think that's me. Yeah. I think that, um, it used to be me. Yeah. And I actually, when I started medication, it really helped me just kind of be like, uh, more chill, more chill. And, uh, and, but I know that I used to be like that because I was just like, and, and still am a little, and I like, it's not gone. Right. It's, and it's something I'm becoming more aware of. Yeah. But it's like, um, you're like, I'm not being uh, like, I'm not being dramatic. I'm just being realistic. Like, right. you know, like this stuff happens. Yeah. And so who's <laughs> to say it's not going to happen to me? <laughs> well, that's uh, so true. It's so bright. It's so true. You know what I've started doing? And yeah. like, even just coming over here today made me think of that. Cause I told you that I don't drive a lot. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm always thinking about, I'm going to get in a car accident. I'm going to get hit by a car. Okay. Or, like, stuff like that. Because I don't drive all the time. Yes. So I'm not in that mode all the time. So I'm just not used to it. So that's why it makes me nervous. Yeah, that makes but sense. But I've started thinking about it as, like, well, what what's the outcome of this? So I'm driving. I'm going to go see Ruth and do her podcast, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. If I don't do this thing, if I don't overcome this small fear, I'm going to miss the opportunity to sit down with Ruth and talk. Yeah. So what's worse, the FOMO? Because I get FOMO all the time. Yeah. Or the or like staying home because it's safe and the world won't get you. I was that's covered in the first session of <laughs> tranquility. Is it really? Yes. Oh, good. I, I should I should sign up. You totally should. Yeah. It talks about um, <laughs> CBT. Okay. Yeah. It's cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. Thera- therapy. Okay. And it talks about how the cognitive, the behavior, and the um, emotion yeah. is all attached. Interesting. It makes a triangle. Ooh. And so your thoughts affect your behavior, which can affect your emotions and your emotion. Like, they all can yeah. affect each other. Yeah. And so you start with, like, doing exactly what you did. Right. Like, you're thinking, I have this fear of yeah. driving, um, but... Like you basically just kind of adjusted a little bit of what one of your thoughts yeah. to be like, well, I get to do the, like I get to do the podcast. Like if I just do this, well, and also too thinking logically, like taking a step back and going, well, accidents happen every day, but what are the chances that it will happen? That yes, and that's the yeah. tweaking. That's the tweaking that yeah. you do of the thought that helps that affect your behavior, which affects your feelings. Ah, it's it's pretty when you start to tap in to yeah. stuff like that. It can be pretty mind blowing how fast you'll start to improve. Like, it's and like I and I think about sudden, like flying too. Like, I'm terrified of flying. Yeah, uh, terrified. Like, I'm not not good at it. But I think to myself, okay, well, it's, what you gonna do, Sarah? You're never gonna get on a plane. Don't you want to go to Greece? Mm. Isn't Greece on your bucket list? Mm. Aren't you jealous of people who on Instagram are always traveling? Uh, well, you gotta go over that fear of flying if you want to ever take that trip. Yes. You just got to get on the plane and breathe. That's, yeah. And that's like taking charge. It's yeah. Like you're, fu- you're starting to grab onto the things that you can control. Yes. Which is all, it's you. 
you can control your thoughts. You control your thoughts. I know it doesn't feel that way all the time. No. It can be hard. And I think that's tar- part of the victimizing yourself. Right. You just like you take the stance that you're not in control of your thoughts. Yeah. I'm just overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah. And then you let yourself get overwhelmed. Yeah, and then you allow it. Yeah. yeah. And you just go back. You just go back in the house. Yeah. Avoid. Yeah. My, it's funny you mentioned your, your grandmother. Yeah. My grandmother was terrified of the world. Like constant anxiety constant worrying she was like the worrier she would worry about everything she would worry about crossing the street she would worry about us going down to the canteen across the road to get ice cream and she didn't do anything like this is the sad part of it like she i mean i loved her obviously and she's an amazing woman but like she didn't travel she didn't really do much she stayed at home and it's scary for me to think like because there's so much of her in me okay I, i i recognize that now Okay. That there's so much of that worrying in me. And I'm like, I don't ever want to be that. Like, I'm 32 now and I'm already like, life's passing me by and I haven't done enough. (laughs) Um, I never want to be that. Like, I want to travel. There's things I want to do. So, like, I got to get out of the house. Just do it. Yeah. Just overcome it. Yeah. Not even overcome. Just face it. Yes. Just Just face face it. it. Yeah. Um, There was a... um, podcast again that I was listening to where it talked about anxiety and um, you can't make the anxiety go away but right. you build up your courage to be stronger than the anxiety exactly because will it ever go away like even if you're medicated it's probably always going to be there yeah it's always kind of there right like well yeah. that's been my experience so far yeah it's just about managing it yeah it's, it's getting it and then same with depression right it's about managing that depression managing it yeah it's yeah. like it's like this is this is a part of my life yeah so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to manage it. I'm going to manage it. Yes. I'm going to allow it its space and then decide when I'm going to like, like that. Okay. That's enough. Yeah. And now I, there are things that I just have to get done now. So we're going to have to just do that. And isn't that kind of what meditation is? Like, I don't know much about meditation, but I know that it is about acknowledging your thoughts and then pushing them yeah. aside, right? Like yep. you kind of acknowledge that the thought is there. Yeah. The fear is there. Yeah. And then you you push it away. Yeah, you're just like, thank you very much. Like, yeah. kind of like, oh, yes, yeah, there's that thought. Yeah, I have that. Okay, well, thanks very much. But I now you can go over there. I'm going to go back to what I'm doing. I love that. Thing. I need to start doing that. It's, yeah, it's helped me a lot. You know, actually, one funny thing was when I first started meditating, I was getting massages um, once a month. And Ooh. yeah, it was awesome. I've run out of benefits now, so I'm really oh, tense. No. But <laughs> massage people, get at us. Yeah, come on now, please. I need one. <laughs> Um, and when I went back into get a massage after I had been consistently meditating every morning, um, and that was pretty much all I, like, I'm, you know, stretching all that, but I've already stretched and it wasn't affecting how tense my shoulders, especially all up here. Are, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And my butt. <laughs> Sorry, I carry stress in my butt. I wasn't, I wasn't, but I know this about a lot of people. I've heard this, that a lot of people do carry stress there. Stress in their butt. Interesting. Yeah, I totally am a butt stressor. I think it's my neck that yeah. I carry it. But. I carry my neck, my shoulders, and my butt. I carry everywhere, apparently. Wow. Yeah, so Just. everywhere. And but one, <laughs> but one of the things <laughs> that <laughs> um, my massage therapist noticed was that I was actually less tense. My muscles weren't as tense. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. So it seemed to be affecting even that. Really? Yeah. Okay. I got to try this meditation thing. Yeah. It's, there's something to it. I know it's a fad right now. Yeah. Right. And that's part of the reason why I was kind of like, yeah, everyone's meditating. I don't want to be just another schmo that's meditating. But as it turns out, yeah, well, everyone's doing it because it's actually like really helpful. So interesting. Okay. I really got to try this. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's good. I, I, cause it goes along with this idea, like, or this, um, I don't know what, I think it's more than an idea now. It's kind of becoming more of like a fact mm-hmm. like that your, your, your brain and your physical body, like your mind and physical body, they are connected. Big time. So yeah. So you got to take care of both. You got to take care of both. That's something that I've realized that has been drastically different this year as opposed to other years where I've had like what I said, like, oh, I think that my depression is situational or it's um, seasonal. Mm-hmm. I've noticed like since November pretty much the physical symptoms of depression way more than ever before. Like the literal lack of energy. Yeah. And like I've said, like people see me as this energetic person Mm -hmm. and now it's like that energy is gone. Like I got to pump myself up to get that energy. Yeah. And, and there it is. It's the mind. It's the mind affecting the body. It's like, I shouldn't be sleeping 14 hours a day. Like that's not, that's not normal. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, that's, you know, not, like, that's not what your body actually needs. Exactly. But it's like your mind. Your you mind is. Your mind is sick. Needed. Yes. Yes. And like, why aren't we treating it like an actual sickness? You know? Right. That's the scary part. It's like, it's all in your head. It's just kind of, well, well yeah, it is. I, the worst advice you <laughs> could ever give someone legitimate. who's depressed is just cheer up. Just, yeah, just try, be happy. Try not to think about it. Yeah. That's like, my favorite one. Oh, my god. Try gosh. not to think try about it. Try not to think about it. Like, okay. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, let me just you. flip off the switch in my mind. Yeah. That makes me think all these thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, that's like one of the dumbest things, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, I'm sorry. You know, I think we've all probably given that advice at some point in our True. lives. It's such cliche advice. It's such, it's just some of the most useless advice. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, I'm, I'm sure that you're going to encounter situations where, yeah, it is going to just be helpful to not think about it, but it's like, how, how do I, can you please tell how? me how? How exactly? Yeah. How like, the heck yeah. are you supposed to not think? Like, what about you? Like when you have friends that are going through depression, what do you tell them? Cause you've been through it. You're still managing it. This is yeah. still part of your life what kind of advice do you give if someone reaches out and is like i'm so depressed i can't get out of bed i can't get on with my day like i try to actually honestly i try to just listen to them i just yeah like i'm just kind of like just talk to me what's going on what's in your head what's making you feel bogged down yeah and I think one of the most helpful things that you could do for a person who's like struggling with anxiety and depression is actually just letting them talk about it. Yes. And like, so important. Right. And then let them know that what they're feeling is legitimate. Yes. But that it's legitimate and, and that it doesn't have to control you. But like, yes. it's, yeah, I don't have any better advice. Yeah, right truly, now. truly. Like, no, but you've nailed it on the head because I've been, I've had days like in the summer, I had a whole weekend where didn't get out of bed yeah like I was in bed on and off crying sleeping I only got up to use the bathroom yeah and feed my cat like like literally those <laughs> my cat my cat gets me out of bed <laughs> um but I had a friend who talked me through those breakdowns like literally just we just talked we talked about how crappy life was yeah and it felt so good and the other thing I find too what's helped me yeah 
is um, being like, okay, there's a thousand things going on. Yeah. And I'm feeling totally overwhelmed and like I can't do any of them. Mm. What's one or two things yeah. that I can do today that will just make it slightly better? Yeah. And that could be anything from sending an email that you were supposed to send to doing the dishes that have been in the sink for a week. Yes. And I live alone, so that's a big problem. There's a lot of dishes in my sink. <laughs> like I said, I have no one motivating me, no roommate, no, like there's no one holding me accountable yeah. for like my daily, the daily things that you're supposed to do as a human, an adult in this world, like cleaning your apartment. Yeah. So doing the dishes in the sink will just make you feel slightly better and slightly less cluttered in your life. Yeah. Do the dishes. Yeah. Just, just because it's going to suck getting up and walking to that sink and doing them. But once you've done them, You'll feel better. Yeah. Like when I check off little tasks. Yeah. I start to feel gradually better. Yeah. And that's a huge thing that I think. And I think just don't overwhelm people. Don't be like, okay, you need to do 10 things today. Like yeah. Get, get, time's a ticking. Get these things done. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's one do of the what worst you can. Things. Yeah. And then maybe the next day, try one more thing. You know? And it seems to like have like a snowballing effect. Yeah. yeah big time. Yeah. I got overwhelmed by the house um last week and we'd been away a lot and things fall out of order very quickly and um as i'm sure everyone can relate to and so most like the upstairs especially all of our bedrooms was they were just a disaster yeah and i was feeling really overwhelmed to it and it was too i was feeling overwhelmed by it and it was to a point where i felt crippled i couldn't do anything yep and then i was tired really tired and like could barely keep my eyes open if I sat down and so I finally talked to Sean about it yeah and was like I just like frankly like the house is really bothering me but I feel really overwhelmed and therefore paralyzed by everything that paralyzed yes and then he was like he just said exactly what I needed to hear he was just like okay and like Sean just for the record Sean helps around the house. Like, he's huge help around the house. He works so hard. Mm. So he's gone for the day, of course. Right. Like, he goes to into work. He sometimes has meetings after work for his photography and videography or, you know, work keeps him late or or he's grocery shopping or doing something for the kids or whatever, right? He's so running around a he's lot. He's running around yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I'm going to naturally take on the household tasks. Yes. And so... He was like, okay, well, here, here's, so it was one evening when we were sitting down talking and he was just like, tomorrow, why don't you just choose one of the rooms upstairs, just one. Yeah. And clean that room. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're kind of, you're, you're narrowing it down a bit. Yes. Because I was just thinking like, yeah, have all the bedrooms that need to be cleaned. All the bathrooms need to be cleaned. There's mountains of laundry that need to be done. And it was just kind of like. Either I'm going to get all done or I'm going to get none of it done. Exactly. Yes. And yeah, the laundry is one of the most overwhelming. I can only imagine. I only have my own laundry to do. And it's, and it's overwhelming for me. I can't imagine how many people's laundry. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's always, 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 always poof. going, always piles of it everywhere. Like it's just. Oh bleh. my God. I have two full laundry baskets in my in my bedroom right now that and this is me this is that's on top of things <laughs> oh no <laughs> and I have another load like in the dryer it's just ridiculous but it's overwhelming it's, it's overwhelming there's so much but then once I found once I finally cleaned one room I just I took his advice I cleaned one room that was the thing that I well I mean as on top of all the other things that you do every day but yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the thing that I did that day yeah, and yeah. then the next day I was like I all of a sudden caught the moment momentum and so then yeah. I cleaned up 
the other two bedrooms. And then the next day I got all the laundry fixed up. You're kind of gamifying it. You're like, oh, I got one point. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Gam- gamify your tasks. Gamify your tasks. Yep. Because it's so, it, it's funny how you, you do play games. Yeah. They're like. <laughs> you did this right. So here's a point or here's a coin or. Yeah. Here's something, a reward. The one game that I'm totally into, Shameless, Homescapes. Have you heard of it? No. What is my this game? My daughter got into it. Is it my a, f- a game on your phone? It. It's on my phone. Yeah. And you play like, and so it's like this big mansion that has been undercared for. So it's falling apart. Oh, this no. son moves back in with his parents or something. I don't, I, I didn't start the game. My daughter started the game. <laughs> I like this already. I want to watch the show. It's, right. <laughs> and he repairs. It. And then you basically, the game is like, you're supposed to win points by playing. Um, it's like, a you know, those games where you like, you match tiles and they turn into whatever. And you kind of like yes. get, get rid of the tiles or right, right, right. You match kind of similar, t- similar to that oh, kind okay. of thing. And you get points from winning those little games. Uh-huh. You can use the points to repair the sink or Ooh. replace the carpet. I right? love that. And so you repair each room. I can see up. how that would be addictive. It totally is. It's like, it's my treat. Oh my God. Yeah. So like when I managed to get some things done, for the day, then I sit down for 15 minutes and I play this game and it's the best. Ooh, that's something that I think is also very helpful. Treating yourself to something like being like, okay, if I do this, mm. I'm going to give myself an hour of this time. Yeah. You know, that's like that's, so awesome. that's a, that's a good way to be productive and get stuff done. Uh, yeah. And yeah. apparently, um, there is a study that showed that if you, um, work for 52 minutes, 52. 52. 52 minutes. You need to take a break every 52 minutes. And I think it was, a, I can't remember if it was a 10 or 15 minute break, but something in there. And then you start again. And that's how you are the most productive. Oh, that reminds me of, and I don't know what it's called, but there's some sort of method. Um, I want to say it's like palm, something palm, uh, pomodoro. Is that right? I don't even know. I should have prepared, but um, if. it's, essentially that it sets a timer for a certain amount of time and you do one thing for that amount of time and then the timer goes off and you take a break it's it's that exact same method but it actually gives you a timer that's so brilliant yeah it's actually like i actually totally abide by that like i think that is especially for people who are self-employed or like not working a job where it's like you have a boss being like, do this, do that, do this, do that. Yeah. Like you have a bunch of goals or things you need to do. Yeah. And all you have is you and to get those done. Yeah. And it's daunting. Daunting. So daunting. And I find that with some some projects that I'm working on, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know how long that's going to end up taking. And I can't just put all that time into it. And so if I'm just kind of like, no, I'm going to put 15 minutes into it today. And that's well. That's what I'm gonna do. You're gonna pick away at it. Yeah. Do and what you can. You get it going, and then that's especially for side hustles or things that you might not be getting paid for. Yes. It's tricky. It's because like uh, there's a guilt associated with not doing the work. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that humans are motivated by money and you know like all that like that's how we're motivated. Yeah. We need we need our rewards. So to do all these side hustles like. You gotta be really self motivated. You gotta really love what you're doing. But it's sometimes you fall off the wagon and it's tough. Yeah. It's really yeah. tough. It is. And it's like, how do you get yourself back on it? How do you, how do, and how do you manage all these energy pools? 
energy how do you do pools. yeah energy pools like you know you might have like for you for example you have your podcast mm-hmm. you have stuff with the st- social network mm-hmm. you have probably some other things that are probably going on that I don't yes. know really know because <laughs> yeah. you're Ruth and I know you do oh that's really nice of you to assume <laughs> <laughs> busybody I like busybodies you have your home life you have your your relationship with Sean like you have all these aspects of your day mm. that you're like allocating energy to you know like yeah. I think of it like batteries like you know maybe today is way more of a home day so I'm gonna try not to focus on podcast stuff yes we yes <laughs> energy pools man that yes um jessica from mapping wellness Ooh. uh she her instagram um name is mapping wellness oh i like it she talks about that Ener- like I, that I had, energy uh-huh, yeah and i had her on the show um a little while ago she um because she has chronic illnesses Ooh. that really uh first of all put her in extreme pain all, like all the time and really limits her energy. And so she talks about that. Like, I only have this amount of energy, so how am I going to spend it? How am I gonna, And I think far too often we overextend, right? Yes. So we want to do it all. Yes. Yes, we want to do it all. Because we want to be... Because there's this whole idea of, like, boss culture. You know, like, hustler. Like, don't... You can sleep when you're dead. Yeah, I hate that Get saying. the work done. Work yeah. hard. Hustle, hustle. Like, all these buzzwords, right, get thrown at us. Yeah. Especially as women, because, like, we're, we're supposed to be empowered, and we're supposed to be independent, and, like... Yes, and it's like, okay, yeah, so then you don't have any time to actually, like, rest. <laughs> exactly. Like, how dare you? Like, I want a I'm foot rub. To be powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I It's okay to want one. rubs. Yeah. <laughs> that would be lovely. And a massage. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's not easy. No. And there's so many, you want to know what? There's so many people who just work a standard job and they come home and they, that's their life. They, they have their night to watch TV, to hang out, to do whatever. And it's like people like us who have all these other little things going on, all these other little projects, Mm -hmm. like you need to be constantly like, okay, working, almost working by the hour. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, okay, from six to eight, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to chill for a bit. Like, Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to, yeah. And then I'll do, and then I'll work a, a little bit on this other thing. And then I'm going to chill for a bit. Like, I used to be someone who could be sp- so spontaneous with plans. Me too. Um, I'm not that Those days anymore. are gone. Yeah, they're long gone. Right? Yeah. Like, even podcast scheduling can be tough, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> your eyes get really wide there. You're like, yep, it's hard. And you know, because like, you know, you, you're getting guests for your show. So you, you need to work around them. Yes. Yeah. And that's you tricky. Need to be available when they are. At. Yeah, it is tricky. <sighs> Boy. Ugh. We should have a podcaster retreat where we go and we just unplug. Yes, we should. And get other podcasters and we turn off the internet. <laughs> yes. And then we turn off our brains. Yeah, turn off the, our brains. We just and then we talk if we feel like it. Yeah. And then we don't talk if we feel like it. And no one records anything. Yeah. So you don't even feel like you have to in- be intelligent when you talk. Yeah. You just say whatever. Just say whatever. It's just a big old therapy. Yeah. Session for podcasters. Yeah. This is the crazy thing that we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not normal. It's not. <laughs> you're putting yourself out there. All Every the time. week, yeah, to just be criticized and have people be like, "Oh, eh, that podcast kind of sucks. I'm not going to listen to it." Yeah, right. <laughs> and you can hear them 
when I think that. <laughs> I know. I feel naturally. you on that. Yeah. But it, it, it brings you joy, though. Like, I, oh, I think absolutely. At the end of the day, I think none of us would be doing that if we didn't love it ourselves. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do under, also understand the... Because for me, anyways, like, I've noticed that certain areas of life started to lack because I was putting so much into the podcast. Yeah. And that's nothing against the podcast. Like I oftentimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed or depressed, so often people in my life and I, and I understand why they do this, but they instantly go to, but the podcast is is like awesome and doing so good. And I go, well, yes, but I'm not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they're separate. Yeah. Like there's other things in my life that I want. I want to have a more well-rounded life. Like that's kind of my goal. Mm. I want to have you know, a relationship at some point. It's been yeah. nine years. Um, and <laughs> I want to travel. I want to be financially stable. I want to have a better apartment. Like, like there's so many things that I want to do. So like, I think when people see that public persona of yourself, yeah, they think that that's all it is. And it's like, no, like the guests always leave. And when they leave, I'm left with nothing. So like, and that sounded, sounded really sad, but I do sometimes get depressed when, I have these like live streams where it's like, you know, I have guests over and it's just a buzzing energy for hours and hours and then they leave and I'm like, oh, but like now I have no one to share it with. Yeah. And it's very lonely. Yeah. And that like, that's what's prompted so much of my depression this past year. Cause you, and then you feel bad cause you're like, no, I should be happy cause this is so great. And look at, look at how awesome it is and people like it and I'm creating things and I'm putting things out there and I'm doing good at it. And then you feel guilty for feeling sad. But it's like an energy, an energy shift. And you must feel that way too when guests, like after you have a conversation and then they leave and you're just like, whew, what just happened? <laughs> it is like a whirlwind. Yeah, it's a whirlwind. Yeah. 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 So it's it's not everything. And sometimes people need more. Um, and sometimes people want more. And it's okay to want more. Like, like I don't want to just be known for the podcast. Yeah. It's like, I have so many other parts of me. Yeah. There's other parts of me. There's, you know, career, which I have no idea what's happening career wise. So, <laughs> but yeah, that like, I, I can't quite relate, Yeah, yeah. but I can kind of relate Yeah, because I've, I've never had a career. Right. Like I've had right. a couple positions that could have potentially led to a career. Right. But then I was like, oh, but no, this isn't gonna work yeah <laughs> seriously though but yeah. I think that that's how a lot of self-starters are born right they kind of realize that they don't necessarily fit into this like working for somebody else world yeah you know like <laughs> I never thought that I would be entrepreneurial but like I'm starting to think like maybe I kind of am because I would kind of rather just make things happen than rely on someone else to just give those things to me that's so cool yeah I think that that takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. Because it, it's... It's a risk. It's such a risk. And and the bleak yeah. statistics show <laughs> that, that no. most of the time we fail. <laughs> so true. <laughs> right? But I had somebody explain it to me in a different way. Mm. They said, yes, yeah, statistics show that nine out of ten times you fail, mm. but that's great because then each time you fail, you're like, good, got another one out of the way. Exactly. And I have not looked at it that way before. That's And, so and it's a lesson, fail. right? You learn lessons from the failures. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're someone who's like first business 
blows up and succeeds and then all of a sudden something happens, you're not going to be equipped to deal with those failures. That's a very good point. And it's the same, I think, in life, too, just in general. Like, if you haven't been hurt and then all of a sudden you're in your 40s and you're hurt for the first time, you're going to be like, what the heck is this? Yes, and then you're going to melt down while everybody else around you who've gone through more... What should I say? Blessed lives? <laughs> lives? Or like... Uh, like where they actually... Yeah, where they have like um, some... They've been trained in resilience. Yeah. And they're going to be like... They would be like... Resilience. Happen, right. It's going to happen to all of you. And yeah. then you were going to be the one that falls down and you can't even handle it while the others are standing and just kind of being like, well, that's how life goes. What do you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I often think I'm like, I'm such a pessimist because I do usually like just expect the worst yeah. or I, I don't expect anything. Right. And then, and then whatever, if something positive comes out of the experience, then it's a bonus. Right. Which I don't know if that's a good way to look at life or not, but for me it's it's just because I have been let down so many times. It makes you just kind of start to lose hope. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's very true. I think that hope is actually a great antidote antidote? Yeah. To depression. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when I'm feeling like when I'm feeling depressed, it's because I've lost hope and like I'm not looking at the future. A hundred, yeah, that, you, you, you nailed it on the head there. I think that, like, when I think of the darkest days of depression, like, the days where, like, I couldn't get out of bed because it just, it would feel like a weighted blanket. Yeah. Uh, like, literal. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot, like, I'm led. I can't move. Yeah, like, I can't lift this. I can't, yeah. It's, it's those times where I've lost hope, where it's like, well, I don't have money, so I'm just going to wake up with no money tomorrow. So what's, what's the point? Let's just stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. Me doing anything is not going to change anything. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like you've lost that perspective on the future. <laughs> you've lost that, any of that hope in the future. A hundred percent. And like I started when I was really bad, when I've had really bad days, like it's been me being like, I don't know what my life would look like if I was happy. Because you're so used to not being happy. Yeah. Oh, that's that heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. It's like, what does happiness look like to me? Mm. And then when that image seems so far away, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to get up and do the dishes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's because yeah, like, you what think, what's the dishes doing the dishes going to do to that end goal, which is seems so far. Yeah. Um, but like, like I said, like, I think it's you just got to do the little things each day mm-hmm. yeah, and like it's... slowly but like I've, I've often described it as like I'm depressed but I'm crawling out of it like <laughs> yeah I'm crawling I'm crawling yeah crawling <laughs> not a sprint I'm not that I'm not that good no I'm out of shape um <laughs> but I'm crawling out of it slowly but it is it is a struggle like it is for everybody right yeah 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 and I find that I'll go through these like spurts where I have like so much energy and like so much hope for the future and where we're going to get to. And, and then, then I, all of a sudden it just, it's gone. Plummets. It plummets. And I could, and you can feel it. Have you ever had that oh, thing? Yeah. Like where you wake up in the morning and you're like feeling really hopeful for the day. And then all of a sudden for no reason that you can observe that mood, just you all of a sudden just feel it sink. Uh huh. And you're just like, what's the point? What's the point? Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you say that because when we were originally going to record, I was like, okay, woof, I'm up. Let's do this. And then we rescheduled. And I was like, okay, sweet. I still have a whole day ahead of me. 
I can tackle this day. I'm up early. I can do this. I would just went back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And it just turns around and I did it. I know. It just, it just, it it was there. And that's another thing too. I think if you are someone who is dealing with depression and you're alone, like in a space, like an apartment or a home. Yeah. Get out of the house as much as you can. Yeah. It's so important because I find that like, even if it's just like, okay, I have to job hunt today. Going to the library to job hunt or going to a coffee shop. It gets you out of your life and you can kind of not be in that like nest of depression. (laughs) A depression nest. I That's such a (laughs) clever way of putting it. Yeah. When I first had Zoe, my first, I got depressed and didn't realize it because, and a big thing that played into that was because I was home alone. Yeah. All day. Five days out of the week. No interaction. No interaction. Yeah. And I turned to food for comfort. Oh. So I started gaining weight. Me too. If I had my bell here, I'd be dinging it. <laughs> and <sighs> and then um, finally, I started to just take Zoe in the stroller for a walk to Starbucks. Yeah. Um, pretty much every day. I would just walk to Starbucks, we would get a little something, and then I'd walk back home. And you felt better, right? I felt so much better. And that's when things just turned around. 100%. And I know that that sounds, to someone who is experiencing that, like, heavy weight, can't go to bed feeling, mm. I know that that walk seems impossible. It seemed, yeah. It, it, And honestly, like, it never used to be that way for me. I used to just kind of always just be kind of, like, I would have an emotional little breakdown, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm depressed. But then I would get on with my life. And I'm like, no, like... This is a real depression now. Like, this is like an everyday getting out of bed is a challenge. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. But if you just take those small steps, it doesn't matter what you look like. Just throw on a sweatshirt. Throw on your sneakers. Just go for a walk down the street. Do pick away at your day the best you can. Yes. And that doesn't matter how small the tasks are. But the more you start doing that, like, you will truly start to feel. Because then you'll be like, Oh, well, the other day when I did that thing, I it, I did feel better. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should go back and do that again. Yeah. Yes. And you start to create new patterns for yourself. Yes. The patterns are so important. Yeah. Routine is even just simple routines. Like you have, you said you were telling me about your morning routine, about how you wake up and you meditate and you have coffee and. Yeah. And then I sit down and read a little bit. And so no matter what your day looks like, you allot that time. Yes. For yourself. I love that you said the food thing because that's something I'm struggling with right now too is yeah. the weight, gaining weight yeah. and not, and just kind of self-soothing with food. That's a tricky one to break. That is a tricky one to break. <sighs> I find that it sneaks up on you. Like so earlier oh, yeah. this year I gained weight again and I'm finally starting to like lose it again. Yeah. And it was, but it was something that just, it just was so sneaky. And it wasn't until I went to put on one of my pairs of pants that were less forgiving <sighs> that I was like, oh, I can't do these up. Yeah. Like this, wow, this actually is a thing. Right. And I mean, I know that uh, the thing with weight is that it's just, it's so different for everyone. It looks different for everyone and yes. it affects everybody differently. Um, I had a lot of emphasis placed on me being thin when I was little and that basically being like why I was appealing. So it like, so I even still just kind of struggle with like, if I'm not thin, then there's not really much more to me. And I think that's so, so common. Like, I think 
it's such a huge, a huge thing. And when you can't fit into the clothes, like when you can't fit into the clothes that you once wore at your most confident, it's a hard break. It's like almost like a breakup. Like you're like, yeah, like I've had, I had an emotional day once where I, I threw out all my old slutty dresses <laughs> <laughs> that I used to wear. <laughs> and it was like me being like, okay, you're a size large now. These don't fit you. You got to just get rid of them because looking at them is just making it so much worse. Yes. And yeah. I used to be, I grew up the same, thinner. Like I had like more of an athletic, even though I wasn't athletic, but I had more of an athletic body, body type. Yeah. And college and life just really <laughs> changed that yes. for me. And yeah. I've gained weight in this past year as well. Probably about 15 pounds. I didn't really check to be honest. No, I don't check. But quite, quite a bit. Um, it's noticeable. And a lot of that is because of self-soothing with food. Yeah. It's because of drinking too much. Yeah. So now I really have to control the drinking. Yeah. Like big time. Like I don't, I stick to vodka sodas as much as I can. And I try not to get drunk a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I have a drunk podcast, but (laughs) try not to get, it's, it's, but it is tricky when your content is kind of based around, Ooh, let's party. Let's have fun. Like this is a fun drinking podcast. And you feel like you have to keep up with that. Yeah. But then you're like, ooh, like I got to cut back on the drinking because it's just making me feel crappy and gain weight. And the next day I have no energy and I'm hungover and I can't tackle the world. Yeah. Um. So that's been a struggle for me as well. And the body image thing is something that is so hard. And I don't even know the solution, to be honest, other than do what you can to make yourself feel better about yourself. Yeah. I know. Um, like... It's hard. And like you try to put on confidence. Yes. Fake it till you make it is such a huge thing in our society. Yeah. Just be confident and you'll look more attractive. It's like, well, yeah, but what if I truly don't like how I look? Yeah. Like the body positivity movement is, has a double edged sword to it because us as women, if we gain weight, we're made to feel, well, you should still feel sexy and beautiful. even though you might not. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, sure. Okay. I understand that that's how I'm supposed to feel. How do I feel that way? How do I get there? How do I get there? Yeah. There was one thing that I heard that was, um, one small step to take in that direction is when you look at your, whatever part of your body you look at and you're like, I don't like that part. So for me, love handles. Mm. Um, me too. Ding, ding. Yeah. Big time. So you can look at it and instead of thinking, those are fat love handles. <laughs> you think. Muffin tops. <laughs> yeah. You just think, oh my gosh, right? You just think those are love handles. Or yeah. those are curves. Th- that's shape. Yeah. And so it's like you uh, eventually, and then you eventually just like um, keep substituting the word for a different word, but you get yourself yeah. used to one and then you're like, okay, that's acceptable now. And then you put in a different word. I don't know. That's actually, no, 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 that's a really great tip because self-talk and like negative self-talk is such a problem. I, and, and like, and I have to say too, it's really hard, especially if you are someone who is a content creator and you're constantly putting out content with you. Oh yeah. You know, like I can tell that you feel that. Cause like, you know, you're posting pictures of yourself. Your husband is taking pictures of you. And yeah. And for me, it's like watching the video episodes every week. I'm like, Oh God, I hate how I look in this, but I'm just going to post it anyway. Um, mm. 
you're faced with it every day. So it's even harder in that sense. Cause you're like, I have to maintain this. Yeah. And, and it's this extra criticism that you expose yourself to. Yeah. And you have to deal with somehow. Yeah. It's and like, it doesn't matter what people tools? say. Yeah. No. Your no, girlfriends, no. people in your life can be like, you're beautiful. You look great. And I tend, like, if you just told me that you have body image issues, mm. first of all, you're one of the most gorgeous women, like, ever. Um, oh, but I know you. that me saying that, that doesn't matter because you're still going to think. Um, yeah. I have, you're like, still going to be have those insecurities. So, like, yeah. I think as girlfriends, we need to say things like, well, what can, what do you want to wear that might make you feel better? Yeah. Like maybe it's just a different shape of clothes or maybe it's a size up, which I know that that can be daunting. Right. Yes. Is oh, taking yes. the size up. Taking the size up. I'm very prone to just trying to squeeze myself into the size that isn't me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just ends up looking worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you. And it's, it can, it can make you spiral. Yeah. When you then see that. Cause the thing, you know, what's messed up too is like mirrors make us mirrors are skewed. I've been thinking, actually, okay, keep going. I've been thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> but and you might, you might know about this too, because Sean's a photographer, so he might talk about this. But like, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're actually not seeing the true you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is what insane. Is that? That's weird. <laughs> like yeah. photography is much less forgiving than a mirror. Yeah. Because I think our brains are like looking at ourselves in the mirror and we're seeing almost kind of what we want to see. Yes. Whereas photography and like, if you see a video of yourself, like in the moment, that's much more the true you. That's, yeah. That's more what you are. And that's what's scary about photo shoots. And I don't know how anyone does a photo shoot and they feel comfortable. Cause I find them to be so awkward. <laughs> they are, they are very intimidating. Yeah. I get, um, I'm just starting to get over that more intimidated feeling that I would get when I do photography, like when Sean is taking pictures of me. Right. And this is like, this is my husband. I know, right? right? Like this is- Is that a hindrance or an advantage? When I feel a little bit shy or- Yeah, like- like Oh, when he he does When he does your photos. Like, do you feel more comfortable? For me, it's a total advantage. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I like, he's, I, I, I am surrounded by incredibly talented photographers. Yeah. Um, many of which have actually caught like really great pictures of me, like some of my favorite pictures. But the person that I'm going to just automatically want to have my picture taken by is Sean. Aw, so sweet. Yeah. Well, because he, I think because he sees you for you, he loves you for you. Yeah. And, and all of you, like not even just like the photogenic you, like, like, so that must make you feel so much more comfortable. Yeah, and I feel like he has the ability to see the part of me and take a picture of the part of me that he sees and loves. I love that. And it makes me be and it makes me just really appreciate it. And I love too that like a photo shoot, even though they can be awkward. <laughs> yes, they can. They be. can really truly empower you. Like there was yeah. a picture of you that you posted a while ago that I was like, this is such a badass photograph. And like, you should be so proud of it. It was the one of you with the smoke in the woods. And you even said in the caption, being like, this made me feel so powerful. Yeah, And you can tell in the picture that you feel powerful. And that's the joy of photography, really. Yeah. It's empowering. Absolutely. Ah, I love it. Yeah. Um, Everyone find a photographer husband. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it's, it's the best. Yeah. Um, Oh, and you know what? If you're in search for one, go to the Halifax Social Network. Ooh, 
Ooh, okay, noted, noted, yeah. noted. There are so many great photographers there, <laughs> and um, they, they are single. There are single ones. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, I must have gone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get that locked down. Yeah, body image is whew, constant struggle. Yeah. Constant like, struggle. It's just like you, yeah, it just seems like you're just never really going to nail it down. Never going to nail it down. Mm-hmm. My grandma would talk about how she was looking forward to getting old. She was never, it's funny, she lived to be 90, mm. um, but she was never really old. But one of the things that she did, did acknowledge about being old was that she was like, I officially don't care about what I really look like anymore. I love that. Yeah. And she was a very good looking woman. Yeah. Like I've got to say, like, she actually was, like, she's very pretty. Um, but it was one of those things where she was just kind of like, she hung out in her house coat. People came over and she was just like, eh. I love that. I'm here. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I mean, like, obviously that means other things in life are more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the goal for any anyone, right? To be so yeah. truly happy that you don't care. Yeah, that you, you just, like. yeah that you're just kind of like, I'm so involved in all this other stuff that yeah. like, it's just like, this is just such a pointless thing to spend my time thinking about. Absolutely. Yeah. I So I like to think there will be a day when I get there. Oh my gosh. I, I just, oof. That it seems very, very far off. It does. But I think in the meantime, like, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like with women, I just encourage anything that you can do to make yourself feel better, you do it. Yeah. Just if that's it. like, for me, it's, you know, spending time on makeup. I love doing that because it's meditative and it, it does make me feel better about myself. I, yeah, I've noticed you know? that you do, like your makeup is very well done. You're obviously. And it's every day. Yeah. But my goal is to eventually be really happy with myself where I don't need that. Mm. And that's been a while. Yeah. Since I've, I've, because I look, the thing is with me without makeup, I look much younger than what I am. So I'm 32 and I think even with makeup, I don't look 32. I think I look younger. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people would put me at maybe 25 or 26. Yeah. Maybe around there. Without it, I look 19. Like I look even younger without it. So there's an insecurity there, right? Because as women, like, if we look younger and we're women, we're not taking us seriously in various aspects of life. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Business yes. included. Yeah. So yeah, You can't look young when you're going into that stuff. And when I'm done up, I never get ID'd. But if I'm not, always. That actually happens to me, too. Yeah. And it shocked me the first few times that it happened because I was not wearing any makeup and I was thinking, well, I look kind of haggard. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the word I used to. <laughs> <laughs> and then they ID me and I'm just kind of like, wait, hold the phone. Like, what just happened? Yeah. It blows my mind. Right? I do look younger when I don't have my makeup on. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is what it is, but like... I, I guess I would just say, like, you just got to do what makes you feel better. And if doing a face makeup makes you feel better, do it. And don't let anyone tell you that, like, like you know, because there's this kind of um, cliche thing in, where it's, like, guys like naturally beautiful women. Oh. Guys like the natural look. And, yeah. You know, or, like, you know, guys will say, like, I like you so much better without it. And it's like, well, you know, what you should like me as is what I like myself as. Yeah. Like, you should just accept how I am. Yeah. Exactly. Like there was a, or like see the, see the best in me. And exactly. Like yeah. whatever I'm most comfortable with is, should be what your favorite version of me is. Yeah. Uh, Lady Gaga actually had an interesting story about this where, um, her dad, was it her dad or grandfather? Maybe dad, um, was undergoing heart surgery okay. and she was visiting him in the hospital 
And she showed up without a wig, without a hat, without a crazy outfit, without anything. She was just like bare bones Lady Gaga, which we all know is rare. Um, She likes to do herself up. And Mm. her dad woke up and said, go put a wig on. You don't look like yourself. Whoa. So he flipped it and said, you know, like you clearly are not yourself right now. Go and be yourself. Like, go put that wig on. Go put on a hat. Go, you know what I mean? Like, and be yourself. And be yourself. Even though that's not what we're normally told. We're normally told you don't need those things. Yeah. That's an interesting point of view. I haven't looked at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because it is, I find that when people are like, oh, yeah, it's all natural, like naturally beautiful. Yeah. But then it's like, well, that kind of puts a different kind of pressure on me. Because now Absolutely. it's like you're saying that I have to not put any effort into it, <laughs> yeah. but be beautiful. Double-edged that sword. Even, yeah, like that's not possible. It's like, let's do an experiment. Let's see if I attract more people when I'm natural. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I will. Yeah, um, like, but I think just, that, yeah, yeah, like if you attract someone, if you're your best you and you attract a person who can then... Um, still love you for how you are when you when you are in those you know like before bed moments like it's yeah. been so long since I've been with somebody in that sense mm. so that's like kind of an area that I'm like super insecure about but like boyfriends will see it close friends will see it but no one else <laughs> yeah no one else is gonna see the like before bed Sarah um, mm. but like if you you just gotta be your best you and hopefully whoever loves you for you is going to like let you flourish in what you feel most comfortable. And also accept the other sides. Interesting. I think that, and I think that like a person that lets you flourish like in your your area yeah. is also going to be able to observe and see where like what's healthy, what's unhealthy and encourage the exactly. healthy parts of you to come out. Exactly. Yeah. Because for me, I mean, like a lot of people are like, well, just stop buying makeup and you'd have more money for other things. And I'm like, no, I like my $6 mascara, so I'm going to keep buying it. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel better. It makes me feel more confident. So whatever you got to do to make yourself feel more confident, confident, like do it. You got to take those steps because that's how I think it's like you need to first find confidence in order to be able to have it. Yeah. And then and then you can figure out where to go from there. Yeah. Cause confidence is no easy feat. No, it's like, and I don't even really have an answer for people who are like trying to find it other than do what makes you feel good. And don't listen to people saying, don't do that. Yeah. I think that the whole, like you should or shouldn't those words shouldn't should, be. Yeah. <laughs> they, they shouldn't be they around. They shouldn't be around. They should not. <laughs> It's so true. But like, they're so, they can be quite damaging. Oh, yeah. They're just not going to get you to where you need to be. Everyone is so, I mean, you have to start looking at people based on their individual life and not your life. Yeah. Like, that is, like, that's my main thing with uh, people who give advice. It's like, you're giving advice based on your view and your life and what's worked for you. And you're not really thinking about that person's, the nuances of that person's life. You need to, yeah, it's like the most effective advice is the advice that's been reshaped to actually fit the person that yes. is hearing it. Yes. That's, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I'm not a fan of unsolicited advice. Blech. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like a wedgie. Icky. It's icky. Yes, it's, it is. It's like a wedgie because it's up in your business <laughs> and you did not ask it to be there. You did not, and then you have to handle it. No. 
or not. Or maybe you don't handle it. <laughs> maybe you leave it for the rest of the day. <laughs> and it just bugs you. And then it just bugs But that's an interesting, because um, we I think we talked about it on your episode of my show, but like both you and I have like this open persona online that I think invites a lot of people to come in and say. Yeah. Yeah. Either um, for you specifically, like share, like dump things on you. Like, mm-hmm. oh, which, I went, da, da, da. Um, which, which maybe, I actually don't mind. Which I maybe actually, you don't see it as dumping. Right. No, I. Maybe I, you see it as engagement. Yeah. Which I is a great way to look at it. But I think when you have an open, vulnerable online persona, people think that they know you. And they yeah. think that they can give you that advice. And it's like, don't assume anything. There's always so much going on behind the scenes. Yeah, sometimes when, um, yeah, when you kind of open up and you're a little bit vulnerable and then everyone gives you advice. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, it is kind of like, it does actually throw back to what you were just saying. Like, it's a, it's according to the, their point of view. There, yeah. Like, through their life and not necessarily to your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's why sometimes advice can really just, like, hit your own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. And then people will say, oh, well, you invited it because you said... <laughs> yeah. Because you made the status or you made that you post. Put, or yeah, because you... you put it out there. Yeah. And, like, and maybe they're right. And they could be. They could be. Um, but there's also a point where it's, like, you just need to understand how humanity works. Yes. And humans. <laughs> and humans. I don't know. I, yeah, it's tricky. That's tricky because anything, but like anything you put out there, like it's always going to be open to any, anything. It's so true. Yeah. And making assumptions is the, like it's, it's not good. Mm. I think we need to be asking more questions before making assumptions. Yeah. And that goes into the advice thing. Like I would never give someone advice before I asked a couple questions about their life. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. I think that would be a really good practice. Yeah. Let's get to know each other before we assume. Before we start assuming things and assuming that we know what's best for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't. No. No one really does. No one really does. But I think as long as we're still connecting and talking to each other and listening. Yeah. And that's... We're going to get there. That's actually kind of... That's in a way knowing what's best for that person. So true. We just need to... We just need to know somebody's out there willing to listen to what we've got to say. And that we're not alone. Because yeah. going back to the loneliness thing, like knowing you're not alone is half the battle. Yeah. 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 So I've gone over time. Oh, holy crap. Have we? Oh, yeah. I don't even know how long we've been recording. An hour and 27 minutes. Holy crap. <laughs> that See, went by it's so really different quickly. for me being on the other side of it. Like I'm not monitoring it. So yeah. I had no idea. That's yeah. crazy. It just like, it's like just gone. <laughs> This was so fun. This was really fun. But there is one thing that I do like to ask everybody, which is, what does it look to you to be mentally healthy? (sighs) That is an excellent question. I think going, this, this might sound cheesy, but like going to bed, feeling relaxed and not stressed out and knowing that you're always going to have things to do in life and there's always going to be things on your to-do list. Mm -hmm but not feeling weighed down by them. And also I would say having a healthy version of hope, like having, having hope every day, I think is, is being mentally healthy. Cause I've been at the opposite. Yeah. And I know that that is when I've been the least mentally healthy, but having things to look forward to 
knowing that you can do those things and that you're capable of doing those things, believing in yourself, I think would, would come down to it too. Yeah. So you have all these things and you're trying to manage all these things, but just taking a breath and going, I got this, you know, like, I think that that's truly being mentally healthy. I love it. I don't know. Is that cheesy? No, no, <laughs> that is not cheesy. So maybe that's confidence. That's a, that's a mixture of everything. That's confidence, self-love, self-worth. Like, yeah, just kind of going, I got this. And if I don't, I got this too. Yeah. If I, I fail, I still got this. Yeah. I like that you said, like, knowing that there's going to be a lot of things in life that are that you're going to have to do and not letting that weigh you down. Yeah. Just tackling it. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. That's truly what it is. Because to me, the yeah. opposite of that is not being well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you're, I think that you've made a really good point. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Nike. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. We're in sync. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Ruth. Yeah. Thanks for braving the roads to make Uh, your way out here. Anytime. I'm so glad I did because I love what you do. I think it's so important. I think you're so great at it. And you're an inspiration. Thank you. (laughs) There you go. We took a compliment. (laughs) I was really thrilled to have you on the show because I do look up to you and what you're doing with Intoxicated. Thanks so much. I admire the fact that you you do so much for the show. Yeah. And and you figured it out. Yeah. And you did it. I admire that. Thank you. (laughs) Look at us. Being thankful. We're being thankful. (laughs) It's perfect. Yes. Everyone listening, thank you. Thank you so much. We love you. Know that wherever you are, Sarah and I are sitting here loving you. We love you right back. You're not alone. You're not alone. Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, night. We'll be talking to you soon.